The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. This episode of the Recruiter's Lounge originally aired on November 22nd, 2006, and this was the original title. Controversial podcast, the best recruiting tip ever. <laughs> and this was the original description. In this podcast, the best recruiting tip ever. In this controversial podcast, Jim and Karen discuss high school dropouts, Walmart, and disagree with HR guru, Dr. John Sullivan. Tune in to hear what was said way back when, again on November 22nd, 2006, right after this special message. Critical race theory supports the logic that all whites are born racist and oppressors by nature. They are to be viewed as a collective threat to non-white people and beyond redemption. This sentiment is already infecting the American workplace via racial sensitivity and diversity trainings. Despite the obvious controversy, such trainings are being accepted as just and fair and at an alarming pace across corporate America. Racism Reimagined How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace is an ebook that I wrote. In it, I do three things. One, I explain the basics of critical race theory. Two, I demonstrate how critical race theory is negatively affecting the American workplace. And three, I hope, I hope, I inspire a resistance to critical race theory being taught in the workplace. In light of the increased sensitivity to recent events like the George Floyd protests, the emergence of cancel culture, and the pressures on corporations to adhere to political correctness, the information in my ebook, Racism Reimagined, How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace, is a counterbalance that should be carefully considered prior to new investments in diversity training. Racism Reimagined, How Critical Race Theory Imperils the American Workplace is a free resource that can be downloaded and, by all means, shared with those in your network. A download link is available in the podcast description. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. Welcome to the Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry. And it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. Anyone who knows me knows how I like to stay busy. While it is no secret that I love to rant about the recruitment industry, uh, you might not know about my passion for new media and the technology that powers it. Well, my friends at What a Concept are planning a conference, an unconference, if you will, which will dive into blogs, wikis, open source, social networks, videos, podcasting, RSS, and community building, and uh, take all that, explain it uh, as to how they are all interrelated and affecting our everyday lives. I've seen some of what will be discussed, and i got to tell you, if you are a new media junkie like me, you want to be involved in this. There's just one thing. This great, stupendous, super-colossal event does not have a name. Nope. 
After organizing speakers, content, and the event itself, no name was ever decided on. This is where you come in. On behalf of my friends at What a Concept, I am soliciting ideas on what to call this conference that will, again, uh, explore the uh, technology of new media and how it affects our everyday lives. The conference, um, whatever it will be called, is on uh, Saturday, February 10th, 2007, and will be free to attend, although there will be some pre-registration. Oh, almost forgot. Uh, Please forward your suggestions to Sherry Heil. That's Sherry Heil. You can reach her through her website at empoweringconcepts.net. That's www.empoweringconcepts.net. Just like it sounds, empoweringconcepts.net. And now, on with the show, um, after a brief word from our sponsor. Right now, millions of people are looking for a job on the Internet. Did you know that this industry is a multi-billion dollar market? Did you know that employers pay huge upfront fees to advertise a job? No more. WorkGiant is a new company with a new way of doing business, bringing job seekers and employers together like never before. Find out how you can get your share of millions of dollars worth of commissions. Register now for the opportunity of a lifetime. WorkGiant. Bringing the power back to the people. You're in Recruiter's Lounge uh, with your host, Jim Stroud, and the lovely, the talented, the beautiful, the wonderful, uh, and insert whatever compliment you want <laughs> right here, Karen I'm a Matnick. Dixie chick. <laughs> I'm the Dixie chick. I am the Dixie chick of recruiting. Karen! There, there you Yay! go. There you go. The Dixie chick of recruiting. Okay. We'll see if that, that sticks more than the ethics queen. Uh, <laughs> time, will, time will tell. Time will tell. How you been? I've been fine. Been missing I'm been doing missing. really well. How are you doing? Doing good. I know you've been really busy doing the things you do, and... You missed uh, the last couple of podcasts. Um, oh, I know. I was traveling the world. I was in Ireland. I was in in London. Well, yeah. you didn't miss me then, did you? Yeah, I said did. Yes, I you sure did. You had a bit of a fun time, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. I was here in in, in the ha- well in the lounge, mm-hmm. and uh, on the ch- on the TV channel mm-hmm. um, was a report. I think it was ABC News. They're doing a story on uh, the silent epidemic, is what they called it, and it was it was Charlie Gibson. What, what station is Charlie Gibson on? That's ABC, right? Okay. okay. He was doing a story called the silent epidemic, okay. and he was reporting on. I wish I had written down the the actual statistical numbers there, but it was pretty shocking to me. I had heard I heard of it before, but I guess to really see it, the way they presented it, really struck a nerve with me. They were saying uh, doing a story on high school dropouts Ooh. and how it is a, a huge number. Huge number in the United States. And they were talking about, um, they were speculating on how that will affect overall economy in time to come. They talked about how people who drop out of school uh, earn significantly less, how they um, tend to go into poverty, and and how crime, how criminals, I think they said it was, you take 10 criminals, you take 10 prisoners in jail, and 7 out of 10 of them would, would be dropouts. Twenty thousand dollars less, by the way, per year. That's what it is. Okay, yeah, I knew yeah. it was some, some small number. Yeah, um, well, you know, I mean, I didn't know about the jail part, but the statistics. I was just showing that to my son, by the way, for the third time this year. Hmm. You know, every time I see the statistics, I send it to him as a math, as an instant messenger. <laughs> and then he tells 
calls me back, and you, you can hear him, like, yelling at me, like, okay, this is, like, the third time you sent it to me alone <laughs> this month, okay? What's the point here? I am going to college, and, oh, but this is why you stay in college, okay? You know, I was showing it to, uh, when I was watching it, my, my uh, daughter was, was with me, and I was explaining to her um, the importance of staying in school, and, and you know, she's just in the second grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, what? I, I don't get, I don't know what. <laughs> stay in school. Okay. Like, you know, I was getting a little little heated because it just it just drives me nuts. I mean, you throw I hate wasted potential. Nothing. I mean, a few things really bug me, like You're wasted potential. Bug me now. That's gonna bug me. You yeah. just wasted potential. Wasted potential. Okay, now does that mean though, just because I didn't go to school, that I'm not gonna be successful? No, but it does mean that you should at least finish high school. Okay, well, we're not talking just college. We're talking high school. No, we're talking high school. Okay. Oh, we're yeah. Okay. High, school. high school I could relate to. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because one can make an argument you can be successful and not go to college. Sure. I mean, you look at Bill Gates and, and, and others who'd be, and what, okay. Bill Gates, Sergey Brin. I mean, oh, my gosh, uh, you can look at the top so five, or the top five on the Fortune 500 list. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So I mean, some have either evaded college altogether or they've gone for a year or two and then dropped out and still become successful, but... My argument is that you at least have to finish high school so you can at least get a grasp of the very basic knowledge. I mean, it's, it's no excuse to not finish high school. Well, there it, could be reasons, but really there's no excuse, but there could be some reasons why that may happen sometimes. Well, there may be some hardship um, cases, and, and I'm sympathetic to that, but there's still the GED. I there mean, is, There is indeed. There you know, is indeed. So there's always uh, a way to go back and get it. So the moral of the story is today. The moral of the story today is that when people talk about the war for talent and how good people are hard to find, they always point to college statistics, and they'll say, okay, if I'm looking for IT people now, it may be a little tight, but it's going to get tighter because there aren't that many people enrolling wait, in wait, colleges. Wait, I want to talk about that college, um, college degree and IT degree. Okay, well, well, we'll That's just, right, wait, I want to talk about Okay, we'll talk about that, but let me finish this first. Now, people always point to people dropping out of college or not many people enrolling in college, but I'm looking at people who are dropping out of high school. So if, if you are the mindset that the war for talent is, is in full speed ahead, and it's, gonna, it's hard to find people now. Imagine a few years from now when so many people retire and so many people are not even graduating high school. How hard is it going to be That is to a find good point. But I also want to talk about something else. So this right. was brought up. Now, you guys know I did the EOC webinar recently. Yeah. I apologize. The audio was terrible, so we're doing a redo, okay? Mm. I had to put a plug there. It's well, wait, well, people, well, people who aren't familiar with, with the webinar you did. Oh, well, the EOC graciously decided to go ahead and do some web, a webinar with three wonderful people, myself, Danny Perillo, and John Younger. Danny Perillo was the instigator of this, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he created This is the second one. He did. He originated the first one, right? He originated it all the way, man. He yeah. was just amazing. He went ahead and contacted the EOC, and they just knocked on their door, and they said, yeah, we'll do it. John, He went to John Younger and had them sponsor it. Now, the first and one went really well. Not to cut you off, but the first one went really well. Can, it was. We had 790 people sign up. Or seven, it was like almost 800 people sign up the first one. I need to link, because I remember when, when you did our interview, I interviewed uh, you and oh, Danny, actually. Okay, go to www.acolo.com. Forward slash dot com, sorry, acolo dot com, forward slash debate, a c c o l o, forward a dot com, forward slash debate, d e b a t e. Now, back to what something that happened when we were up in San Francisco this right. week, right. last week. A comment was made, and it was really interesting how some of these companies require a degree in for, regarding computer science. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people don't realize that the computer science degree only came about when. Do you know this, Jim? 
School Science degree became a real degree in what, ninety five? Wrong there. Do you realize now that that eliminates people who are how old? Approximately? See, uh, when people require that a person has to have a computer science degree, mm-hmm. you are eliminating a very, very interesting crowd of people. Did I have that year right? Was it 95 when it became official? It was, yeah. I was like, I heard it was in the late, early 90s or mm-hmm. late 90s. I'm around there, okay? Okay. But what we were talking about, they didn't give the specific time, but what we were talking about was ageism. Ageism mm-hmm. on the computer science degree. Mm. Because in requiring a degree, a lot of people don't have the time, especially in their 40s, 30s, or especially, or even their 20s. They've right. got families and kids to go back to go to school, especially if they've been successful. I mean, gosh, man, when Yahoo and all these times were coming out in the era of the Internet, you know, 20 years ago, sheesh, yeah. who wanted to go to school? Man, you were <laughs> making money, hands over via his, just working, you know what I mean? It was right. like you couldn't, there wasn't enough jobs for people in computer science, Right. Right. You didn't need to go to school. Right. Well, now all of a sudden, these companies are saying, we want a computer science degree. Well, they're... Not all of a sudden. They've been asking for a degree since... Um, no, only since the eighties, the late 90s. For well, a computer science degree, you can only been asking for it in the 90s. Okay, that's true. All right. Okay, so right. that's what I'm saying. All of a sudden, you start asking for this degree. That means you're eliminating a whole bunch of people here. Well, let me ask you this, then. If you, you're, you're setting the requirements, you, you're the hiring manager, you're setting the requirements, what... Well, what's the threshold? I mean, what's the standard you measure? Experience. Okay, so if you ask for experience. What do you need to have? You want a guy to be able to write Java code? You want somebody to write COBOL or COBRA? I don't do IT, so please bear with me from butchering mm. this, okay? You want somebody who can do it and can do it well, do it fast and experience. You want somebody who has it, has gotten the proven work, and you want somebody from your competitors. Then that's what you should be looking for. Is a degree really going to make the guy any better? That's arguable. Okay, now what about certification? Well, just say I'm okay. Ask instead you a of question. do you have a degree? No, I don't. I have don't a degree. have one either. So I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm one hell of a good recruiter. Mm-hmm. Are you a good recruiter? Um, pretty decent, I think. Oh yeah, I mean, I've seen what you write, man. I've seen what you know. Um, yeah, I would say you're pretty darn decent. Yeah. You know how to do this job pretty dang good. Well, beep beep, yeah. <laughs> okay, look, yeah. pat yourself in the back till it hurts. You okay. deserve it, okay? All right, okay. Okay, so does that mean that did that degree having a degree hurt you in regards to not your knowledge and what you picked up or what did you didn't pick up or would the great degree have made you any better or any worse in what you're doing today? Uh, probably not. Okay, I rest my case. Probably not. I I give there. I re, I I. Well, 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 actually, but to my to to the defense of of companies, and let me argue the other side. Okay. You know I. Where I may not have a, a formal degree in, in recruiting or HR or what have you. I mean, I may have taken, well, I have taken courses and, you know, certifications and that kind of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. so if a company does not require uh, a college degree, could they also require a certain number of hours in certifications or something like that? Why not? Yeah. I mean, if it's necessary for the job, why not? So could they also argue that it's necessary to get a degree? I mean, not, no, because it depends on what. If I okay, let me just put it this way. I have hours of certification in HR aspects and HR law. Now that mm-hmm. means if a client company, if I was to go to a company and they said, I need someone who has proven experience or knowledge of HR law, I don't have the knowledge, but I have the experience. I don't mean I don't have the experience, but I have the knowledge. Okay, maybe that would work. Hmm. So maybe my knowledge can compensate for my lack of experience. Maybe. Or vice versa. Maybe I have 
the knowledge, but maybe I didn't go to school and I have all this uh, experience, sorry, but don't have the knowledge. Maybe that compensates. See, I mean, you can gain knowledge but, through but experience. How, but how do you? Okay, so that, going by that, then what is the stronger, uh, the stronger measure? Someone who uh, is degreed, uh, just out of school with a degree, oh, or let's someone just go. Okay, who's been around? Okay, I got a perfect one for you on okay, that one. Okay, go ahead. Because I got oh, okay. stories too around. I got that. a. This is a great one. You're looking for a sales guy. Yeah. Okay, and you want somebody who can sell at least four million dollars a year, right? Yeah. Now, would you rather buy jo- hire Joe Blow from your your actual direct competitor, who's selling seven million dollars a year with no degree, or and I mean he's been doing it for ten years, okay? Mm-hmm. Or would you rather hire Mike Applewhite, who's got a degree, but is only doing one or two million a year? I know the answer to that, but I think a lot of hiring managers will still fe- will still feel that someone with a degree would have had some higher knowledge or some new information or something. Okay, now I'm going to ask you, if he's got all that great information, why isn't he then selling $10 million a year like Joe Blow? Um... What is this degree helping him do to help him sell a, t- a more that Joe Blow selling? In that regard, probably not much. Okay, and is the do- I'm, I'm sorry, but is the degree that he's going to be bringing going to help shine up all the little blast knobs around the office, or is he going to be putting it up in that office and make him look good and make the car manager look good? I hired this guy, but it ain't going to pay the bills. It's not going to make your technicians, installers, or everybody else be happy. Well, I can see that you're pointing a sales gig, but you know, flip it around and say, um, I'm going to a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. and, and when now, I go to that, I want to see a piece of paper on the wall. Well, from that's me. reality. You can't have experience without that. But that does—that's something that's called a learned education. But you know, so you so, your, a, so by your arguments, then there are exceptions to requirements of having a degree. Which yeah, like to, for the, well, for example, you don't have to have a degree to be a lawyer. But you have to have. I mean, I could go to be. If I want to be a lawyer tomorrow. Wait a minute. You don't need a degree to be a. You don't need. A, you don't need a degree to be a lawyer. In most, in some states, I can actually go to the bar, um, to the to the university, mm. and take the bar exam. I want. First off, I gotta rephrase this. I do have to go to law school and take the exam. I don't have to go to school, but I can take the exam. So you can study. You can get a bunch of books, study on your on your own. Absolutely. And then just take the exam. And then take the exam. Now in Tennessee, you don't have to even take the law school exam. You can actually just go straight to take the bar exam. Okay. So you do not have to have a degree, but you have to have the knowledge. Hmm. Because there's no way you can go ahead and start stand up in front of a court of law and cite cases and be able to, you know, set precedences, et cetera, without knowing what you're talking about, right? There's going to be times of knowledge is going to definitely going to help. I mean, for example, even as a recruiter, you yeah. have knowledge with the experience. And from experience, gain knowledge. Well, I am smarter than the average bear. Well, yeah, but you didn't just learn that just from out of grabbing in the air. You learned it through processes and learning from other people. You had people that you, maybe articles you read. Maybe it was just through ex- I mean, a lot of the way you gain your own experience, granted. But you learned some kind of tools from beginning from others as well. So you had what do I call it? It was practical education. You had hands-on education. It may not have been book-learned education, but it's still education. Right. And so now with that practical education came practical experience. But would that have been taught with a degree? 
My husband has a bachelor's degree, mm. and I actually have two. And I asked him the other day, I said, "Hun, now you went to school to do drafting. You're going to be an architect. And I said, but it was just out of clear. And you got business management. And I'm your salesman. I said, is there anything you learned in school today that you apply to practical life? Hmm. No, but not, not a darn thing. That's what, I mean, it was, it's like with me, I went to school, and I went to school for business management and travel and tourism, hotel management, too. Yeah. And um, I'm a recruiter now. All right, next topic is Walmart. Love them or hate them. They've done something very interesting in the marketplace that I think is a could be really, really well for their recruiting efforts. Karen, what is going on with Walmart these days? I now this is gonna rock a lot of people's world. Today, mm. Walmart did something that I almost respected. Because you're not a, you're not a Walmart fan. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. But they're on the verge of winning you over. No, no, not, not, let's not go far, though. I'm going to start hating if you do that, okay? That's going a little deeper. No, no. Now, what Walmart did was today they decided to do testing mm. in Florida, and they were charging for one month's supply of generic drugs only $4. $4 to buy generic drugs from Walmart. Yes, and that's, I mean, oh, my goodness. That's pretty huge. Do you realize they're not making any profit on this? I don't see how they would, but no, they can't. They won't. And the thing about it's interesting. You got to like you can do this on the internet. So I could be in California and buy it from Florida's website. If I was CVS or Walgreens, I would be very nervous right now. Well, they were. I mean, to today on the news, okay? Mm. Oh, stock market was taking a major crash and burn. What Walgreens was? Oh, CVS, Walgreens, uh, even the manufacturers, the wholesalers, the distributors, anybody to do with the drug companies were all crashing and burning because of this. I mean, we're talking, this is like really the hot news right now, okay? Mm. Because it really puts in panic because Walmart, um, they said Walmart sales on the Internet went up three times as much in this in the last 24 hours. Wow. Okay, and of course... Now, Walmart, you know why they're doing this, right? Why do you think they're doing this? To make money? Mm. Well, I know they I, I know they had some things. Um, something, it was some, some uh, negative publicity about their own employees couldn't afford uh, health benefits or something like that. Mm-hmm. What, what, what was that exactly? I know they, like, you worked at Walmart, but you couldn't afford to get sick. You can't even afford to go ahead and buy their own products. Are you kidding me? Well, how, well, how much does a reader make? I mean, seriously, a lot of these guys, they're one of the lowest paid. In, in fact, oh, 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 do you know that Walmart is the reason? Do you know that almost every retail employee at Walmart mm. costs the California economy money in the taxpayers? Working at Walmart costs California money? Uh-huh. How? Because they have to depend on us for medical, Medicare, and the kids have to get school lunches, and on they, so they depend on the system and the government because they can't afford to take care of their own families, unfortunately. This was done on a research study from Berkeley. Hmm. It actually proven that Walmart employees cost California, was like, oh, my gosh, it was billions of dollars a year that hmm. these guys were costing us. Now, I mean, of course, not intentionally. Okay, sure. they're, they're, these people are trying to work, right? Mm-hmm. But they can't afford to have, you know, daycare. I mean, they can't afford the medical and all this stuff, so they have to depend on California to pay it. 
which brings you to my point of it being a brilliant recruitment move, at least as I see it anyway. Um, Walmart has a lot of negative feelings about it. Uh, some people really are passionate about their hatred for Walmart for diverse reasons. I'm sure you could mention some of them, which we're not going to go into too well, much. Wait, I want to ask you the cons on that one. Okay, okay. Well, let me, let me finish my point here. So if there is a lot of negative feelings about uh, a particular company, it's harder to recruit for that company because there is such a strong hatred uh, for, well, I won't say a strong hatred, but they don't. Ha- they, they have in one camp people who love Walmart, because of their low prices, and then Ooh. there's another camp of people who feel Walmart exploits them to the hilt, and this, oh. that's, that's a whole. I, I, don't get started. That's, that's a whole other podcast. But, 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 oh, but, stop it, stop it. I know it's eating. Me. I know it's eating you alive. Stop. Oh, so, you do. so the good thing about it is that Walmart has generated some good vibrations Ooh. by this move. By this move, it's going to hurt the competitors. Sure, <laughs> I don't know if they're going to drive them out of business, but it's going to hurt them. But at the same time, it's also generating some good vibrations from the people. So if people are having some good feelings about Walmart, then chances are they may be more likely to uh, apply for work there. Or, or if people are in the process of interviewing for Walmart, they could use this as an advantage to say, see, we care about our people. We care about people in general because we're just giving you low, low prices. Okay, you, Tim. They're using, they're using PR in a very good way okay, to Tim. generate. Can I come up with a negative on this? Okay, all right. Thank you. Go ahead. It took me, uh, okay, I was like looking for my post, wondering how to keep quiet here, okay? Mm. I know (laughs) it's hard. Okay. Okay, you know that right now this is costing Walmart nothing. I mean, basically, a lot of money, actually not nothing. It's costing them a lot right now to do this because they're not generating Short term. Short term. No. Short term. It's like going to a, um, uh, a, a, a gas station. Okay, you but know, the, the shop owners don't make money on the gas. They make it when you buy the juicy fruit or the Well, chips. let's go ahead and let's get the big picture here. Right. Okay, first off, they're not making any profit, right? So this right. means it's not like they're going to go ahead and increase insurance for their employees next week. Increase insurance? Yeah. Um, it's not like that. they're going to help give them more insurance benefits. It's not like they're going to it may look good. But are they going to do anything to rectify the problem? Rectify for for their specifically for their employees? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Four dollars for generic drugs is, is it's pretty, not any pretty profit, good. Dude. They're not, not making profit. Once you get people in the store for whatever reason, they're going to buy. They're going to see something else, and they're going to buy it. They're going to be okay. Let me explain. Either something. now or later, it's just, just going to happen. These pills cost sixty bucks. All right. And, and now they Walmart's cost four bucks. gonna be eating fifty four bucks. They're gonna make it up elsewhere. Maybe. They're gonna make it up elsewhere. They are maybe I guarantee you. Okay, if you get people if you, we're if not you, talking about that picture. You were talking about recruiting. You well, were yeah. talking about how this was a great recruiting maneuver. It is. Now, how, my dear, are they going to help increase I mean, yes. They're giving free. Okay, so are they going to tell the employees, okay, we're not giving you any medical insurance, and you can't go to the doctor, but at least you can pay for your insurance. I mean, you can buy your medicine for four bucks? That may be enough for some people. I mean, depending on, Ah. it depends on what what they're recruiting for. Are they recruiting, are they, wait, 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 are they recruiting retail? Because you're not going to retail being a greeter at Walmart expecting big bucks. More, but okay. Yeah, or I have cashier. a question. Uh, but the fact is, Walmart is the biggest employer in the nation. Yeah. And if the problem is is that they're doing this because 
they look bad because they don't pay for insurance for their employees and their insurance employees can't afford insurance. Well, I'm sorry, but just because they've got the medication for four bucks, and this is for the world, not just for the employees, you can't go to the if you can't afford to go ahead and go to the doctor to get the prescription, who cares if the prescription's four bucks? Well, and if Johnny needs braces, who cares if your prescription is four bucks? And if I've got cancer, who cares if the prescription is four bucks? That's an interesting point. Interesting point, but it's still a good PR plan. It's a great PR plan, but if you're not fixing the problem, if you're just putting a band aid, sometimes that's enough. Well, honey, sometimes you can, if you're sometimes you sometimes can put a it's band-aid. enough. You gotta clean the sore before you put the bandaid. I'm on. not saying it's a perfect world, but I'm saying sometimes it's enough. You're just trying to reach your numbers, and I oh, think it, it is just put a bandaid so you can't see the sore is still ugly, uninfected. This is true. I mean, you. But I guess it, it. see, this is where I, I, I'm sort of. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know enough about their business to know where their biggest recruiting needs are. I mean, I think Walmart, I think retail. I'm sure they have you know IT infrastructure and. and Supply logistics people and that kind of stuff. So yeah, and of I don't, course, you know, are so making like sixty, seventy bucks an hour. I'm right, sure or more. So, but, but see, when I think of Walmart, I don't think about that. Even well, though I know I that's look there. At the whole, the whole, I'm looking. I'm at, looking at, at the whole big picture. I'm looking at you know Grandpa greeting me at the, at the door, and you know, and I'm looking at him as an employee. And but see, that's but see, you know what? I'm, I'm looking at the human side. Yeah, no, I see that. But you know what? It's, it's, let me argue for Walmart a little bit. Not that I'm a big Walmart proponent. Just put it out there, but let me just sort of be the, the um, devil's advocate here. Okay. They do, rec- I've noticed, just from going in different stores or from reading different articles, they do recruit a lot of senior citizens. A lot of senior citizens I've noticed, uh, when they do recruit them, are they're greeters. They're mm-hmm. out there helping the people, working the house, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know of many stores out there, correct me because I don't know, of many outlets or super um, super corporations, whatever, like Walmart, that are actively pursuing senior citizens to represent them in their stores. I don't see senior citizens in in the gap, maybe because that's their their marketing is more towards the younger crowd. I don't know. But I, if I go into the malls and look at different stores, I don't see senior citizens. I don't see greeters people. in other stores like that either, though. No, they don't have to be greeters. They could be at the, or can they be at the, or the cashier. Oh, I don't see that many senior citizens in the cashiers. I see them at greeters. That's true, but I, but the fact is I do see them there in some capacity. Maybe I don't, I don't, but they don't have greeters. In that. Okay, I see a lot of senior citizens in greeter positions, which makes sense because it's kind of pretty high rotation set, uh, position. Mm. But I don't see them in pushing the carts, and I don't see them push getting carpet tunnel, punching in at those uh, machines. Okay, you know, in the little cash registers, I don't see them getting back problems putting um, putting stocking shelves. Okay. Well, maybe they. Well, maybe. Um... All need health insurance. <laughs> Well, it's true, but then it maybe it's just their choice. Maybe they just want to just go in for a couple of bucks, you know. I think that a senior person is a perfect ideal position for a a great greeter at Walmart. Absolutely. But, see, but the thing is, and you know what? Well, already have insurance. They don't have to worry about insurance. They've well, been well we don't know the aspect of it. They might they might have some decent or something from Walmart. You know, maybe, we don't know. Maybe yes, totally. But you know what? That's only two. That's not even a full percent of the Walmart employment population. But in their corner, they are actively uh, recruiting senior citizens. And yeah, I, but then I, they're I'll still hurting. Oh, but they're still hurting women. They're not getting promoted properly. They're you know, I heard paying. that. Is that true? I mean, I've, I've heard and that. They're still, uh, and they're still not paying for overtime. 
They're letting people go ahead and work like slaves. Okay, uh, okay, wait, wait, wait. I don't have enough evidence to argue against. I can, you. I can give you this. I know, I know, you, I know you're not a super fan, I know and I don't I have enough evidence to argue for them. So just totally settle that. New York, they just sell it's like 185 billion million million dollars for what? For not paying overtime. And that was New York. And California's settling theirs. And mm. I believe Illinois is going to be next because every state's pretty much got the same thing going on. All right, let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this then. Say you were, say Walmart was your client. No, they're not. <laughs> they will never I, be obviously, they're not your client. Okay, no, they're... they will never be my client. Okay, they're not my client either. Not that I'm, you know, and mad Enron at wanted to be my, I'll give you a perfect example. Enron wanted to be my client, and I said, heck no. Enron? Uh huh. Well. When I was back when um, they were shutting down our power plants, and I had candidates call me up and tell me what was going on. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a fan or, or, or uh, what's, what's the opposite word of fan? Uh, I, I don't know. Advocate. Uh, okay, or advocate, or disadvocate on it, whatever the word is. Uh-huh. Now I'm not saying I'm for or against Walmart. You know, I, I got reasons to love them. Um, and They're I, cheap. Well, yeah, but I got, I, think I got, I got reasons to love them, and I got That's reasons to sort target. of like, you know, whatever. I go pro target. My question is, my question is, uh-huh. if Walmart was a client right now. They're not. Okay. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Stop it. All right. If Walmart was a was my client, uh-huh. okay, which okay. you know it's it's, it's okay. I'm sorry. If, if Walmart was my client I'm and they sorry. said and they said Jim, we need you to help us recruit and source some people. Uh huh. Um, but we're having some PR issues right now. I would uh, say the money ain't worth it. You would you would tell you would tell Walmart that money is not worth it. Money isn't worth it. What do you mean? No, I would not. There is no money in the world that I would go consider. To me, that would be like sending candidates to Enron, knowing that Enron was going down. I'm going okay, down. Okay, okay. Let's let's take let's let's take the the that aspect out of it. Okay, let's say let, well, let's say it's not even Walmart. Let's just say it's just a company. It's Walmart like. Okay. Okay. Fine. Fine. All right. And you're having all of these negative publicity issues. What would you do to spin that around? Because well, if it was me, I would do something well, like if it was me, I would do something like the four dollar generic drugs. That's good in, in the in the in the marketplace to be seen. Whether yeah. or not it's not the cure all, uh-huh. it's not going to fix it all. Uh-huh. But it's a step. Uh-uh. What are some other steps you would do? Well, what I have done is I would say fix the problem, and then let's see what we can do. Fix the problem as far as spend a ton of money on insurance? Because, it, okay, the amount of money they're going to hurt, they're going to lose in regards to this medical part, I mean, because of the um, because of this uh, drug, the drug deal, mm-hmm. is the amount of money they could have put towards their employees' insurance. And that would have given them the bar a better image. It would have been. It would have made me want to go shop in Walmart. It made made me think about wanting to recruit for Walmart. It would make my husband want to go ahead and consider shopping on Walmart. Uh, well, again, being a devil's advocate, again, not for or against Walmart. Is their money? They can do it what they, they can do. What they can do what they want to they do with it. They can do what they want. People with have it. a choice to work there and or I have not. A choice not to shop with them or recruit for them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. okay. Let me ask you this: How far should a company go to take care of its people? Like, All the way. So, okay. Well, oh, hold on. Let, let me let me put let me put let me put a little little uh, cushion around this. Okay. Okay. A company is in in business to make money. Yeah. Right. For a company to drive, it needs people. Uh-huh. For a company to have people, it needs recruiters. Uh huh. In some capacity or not, to keep uh-huh. this in the recruiting realm, <laughs> somehow. Mm-hmm. Um. And when a recruiter is trying to um, recruit someone, they naturally will um, uh, promote the company's better qualities. 
Mm-hmm. You say this company does this, this company has that, this, that, and the other. Um, what perks do you feel are too much for a company to offer an employee? Keeping in mind that the more a company gives out in perks and, and benefits and so forth, is less money out of its pocket, less money out of the company pocket, is less people that it could hire. Less people they can hire is less work for recruiters. Okay, first off, you got to keep it still in the recruiting realm. So let's look at the math, and okay, and I, you know how much I hate this word metrics. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, but let's use this. Right. If you've got very low turnover in a company. Yep. I mean, extremely low turnover. I mean, I've got companies who say they don't have to use recruiters. Mm-hmm. They've got a big name and they've got good reputation, mm-hmm. and I believe it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, they very really have to use them because people. They just keep knocking down their doors to come work with her because of the environment, how much money they pay their people, et cetera. Sounds like the company I work at, but go ahead. Exactly. Well, when you and they pay well, mm-hmm. and they pay extremely well, actually, and people want to actually come and be a vendor of this company or they want to be a client of this company because they see the employee loyalty, mm-hmm. they see the consistency, they see mm-hmm. the credit of the company is consistent. And the company, even though they're paying all this salary, they're making more money in the long end because their people, their their loyalty for both the employees as well as from their clients is consistent. So the, in your eyes, the best recruitment tool is how well a company takes care of its employees. Absolutely. I mean, if you listed it this way, do you know that to hire an average Joe Blow salesperson costs sixty thousand dollars to get the person up to speed and train him? That's the average cost. That's the average six, cost per hire per an first average. First six months. Hmm. First six months, it's just the training aspect. That's not this concluding the salary. That's just the training aspect, getting them up to speed. That is sixty thousand dollars, even if the person is educated and knowledgeable of the industry. Now you take in the cost of the salary, and you take in the also the having the boss to go take him out on some job walks, and also send him away for this class or that class that the corporate might be doing. That's just one employee. Now if this company is huge and they have about say five or six employees starting in just a region every single month, now multiply that sixty thousand dollars. Now see, I think you want to return to the days of the 50s or how it is basically in Japan now, I believe, where someone who joins a company stays at that company till they're dead. I mean, mean, that was when you knew that you actually got a retirement check. That was when you (laughs) knew that the company really liked it. And if you said, boss, I quit, and the boss said, oh, no, please don't go, and then you know, okay, boss, I'll stay, and you know he wasn't going to fire you because you decided to stay. Those were the days. Exactly, exactly. What was that? You, You know, we were talking about it is employee company loyalty. We don't have employee company loyalty, but that's the problem. That's why, you know, I I read something the other day. Hmm. They were talking about, it was about ethics. Wait wait a second. Somebody had mentioned that ethics were now, were were personal. And I was like, interesting, because it was the World Organization for Ethics said, ethics weren't. And in fact, he talked about 10 value systems that almost every country in the world shared. Mm Mm-hmm. Which basically values, by the way, is what makes ethics, okay? Um, so they were like, the, what, the Ten Commandments or something? Basically, it was like the Ten Commandments. <laughs> they really, if you break them down, it was about trust. Thou shalt not kill. 
And actually, you know, one of the big ones was also about work and doing the best you can be and being the best you can be as well, too. You know, it was really quite interesting. Well, one of the things that also was come to my attention, too, then I thought it was about UNESCO, how UNESCO brings a lot. It's about, they bring deal a lot with the education and ethics of the world, which, right. by the way, if you read the UNESCO's common Commonwealth or Bond thing, it's like reading the United States um, 12, what do you call that again? Help me out here. I guess the, 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 the Ten Commandments? No, no, yeah, right, the United States Ten Commandments, yeah. <laughs> The Bill, Bill of Rights, Declaration. The Bill of Rights, the Bill of Rights. Exactly. It was like reading the Bill of Rights. It was so bizarre. It was just like the Bill of Rights, okay? Mm-hmm. It was like reading it. Well, anyways, when I was thinking about all of this, and I thought, you know, when it comes to business, and then one of the things that was the most amazing, they said, and this is scientifically proven, yes, I've got the link, so anybody wants to challenge me on this, there was a scientific, scientific test about you know, ethics is a 65-year-old test, and it had all these different studies combined to go on and over the last 65 years, okay? But they proved that any company who maintained ethics and loyalty to their people and to their clients and to the world and that had a, citizen, a citizen-like responsibility and performed citizenship is the word I'm looking for, mm-hmm. they were going to perform well for an extended period of time Versus a company who performed unethically, they always did extremely well, but then crashed and burned. Pick and run. Hmm. But if you looked at places like United Technologies, or you looked at these huge corporations um, who are written up as, as top ethical companies in Forbes and Fortune, right? Yep. When you read about these huge companies who have been in business for hundreds of years, and you see how these companies have these huge ethical departments to maintain their strong ethics and in business. Right. And you say, that's why these guys are in business all the time. And that's why Enron's not. And that's why MCI's not. Well, I'm saying WorldCom. Mm. I mean, and then you look at all these issues and you go, what the heck makes sense? When it comes back now to the employees, you don't just have citizenship to the economy and to the world. But when I speak to people who want to work for these companies, like let's use Microsoft, let's use um, you know, M United Technologies and some of these fine companies, people want to work there because they treat their people loyalty. They treat them as loyal as the people want to be loyal to them. They do treat them right. And that's, yeah, you you ask a brilliant question. I mean, that question's been going on right now about how not to steal people steal your employees. Treat them right. <laughs> yeah, that, but you know what? They don't say that. They don't just say that. They say, here's a long list of what not to do. In fact, one of the new articles out there on electronic recorders exchanged by Dr. Sullivan, he says, mm. perform these little tests on your employees to make sure that they're not re- wanting to leave. What, randomly call them and try to recruit them? And if yeah. they, and if And then if they take the bait, fire yeah. them? Yeah, what? What are you going to do, fire them because they talk to a recruiter? Come on. I couldn't believe How tricky me. is that? I mean, let me talk about that for a minute, because I, not that I'm bashing anybody. Um, I couldn't believe that article, by the way. No. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. What, what, is this, what is Okay, what if you were at Company X and you're, you were charged with recruiting and retention? Because I think, uh, as you said, and retention, retention is the best recruiting tool. <laughs> you see my poem, didn't you? Uh, yeah, you know what? Get your poem out. We'll close out with that in a moment. You really want me to read that? Yeah, I do. I do. I don't know if I have it anywhere. Okay, we'll so, go ahead. So you find it. All right. I'm thinking that um, if I worked at a company 
that I knew was seeing people to spy on me and test me at random to see if I was loyal to the company, mm-hmm. that would freak me out. And I would be so gone because I would think, okay, this this is just too weird. Mm-hmm. I, I could not see a company doing that. Now, if that's what he wrote, I, I, I would just, you know, respectfully disagree because I know he's like, you know, the guru of HR and so forth and so well, on. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So, but, excuse me? Self-proclaimed? Well, it's not, uh, 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 hey, I'm uh, saying, uh, uh, I'm uh, saying uh, it. Hey, this uh, is Karen saying it, okay? I'm allowed to say it is a free country. Say what you like. I, okay, I'm going to so ask you, you like. I, I've asked this man a question he's not answered yet. Have you ever picked up the phone and recruited directly? You can't write in an ERE and not be a recruiter at some aspect. He does never. He's a professor at a university. Yeah. And he has been a professor for university like forever. He, as I said, nobody has ever answered, and he is still yet to answer this. Have you ever picked up the phone, but behind the battle line, and has been through four or five recessions? Tell me that, and then you can call yourself a Michael Jordan of recruiting. The views expressed inside recruiters' lounge don't necessarily reflect those of Jim Stroud. That's correct. (laughs) I have asked a question, and by the way, it's not a view. This is a question. Okay. Have you or have you not ever picked up the phone and did some recruiting? If so, then you can call yourself a Michael Jordan. But you have not answered that question, and I'm questioning it, and I'm contesting the fact that you have not answered that question. Well. And actually, please don't cut that because... I know that because it is the view of Karen Madden and not the view of Jim Stroud, and I will say that. Okay, go ahead. Okay, now, well, I mean, there was a perfect person that came out here and said that. It was really questioned. He said, I believe that the use of dry searches is an insecure, unethical Dry searches? Act. That's what he was calling them. Okay. Explain it to people who, don't, who may not understand what you're saying. Basically, a dry search would be where you're going to go ahead and call up your company, your um, employees, to figure out um, pretty much if they're being talked to and if they're going to want to leave. You're going to identify who they're targeting and identify who wants to stay and who wants, okay, this is his words, use and dry search to identify which employees are most likely to be targeted by others. When wolves attack, they don't go after every sheep. They target the most vulnerable or the fattest, juiciest sheep they can find. Recruiters are no different. And if you want to identify which of your employees are most likely to be pushed away and which ones are least vulnerable, use an executive search professional with expertise in your industry or a functionally aligned executive recruiter, and these headhunters make their living by poaching employed individuals. So they are the best poachers and intend to know who to identify, which identified individuals could be prime target, and ask these recruiters to conduct a dry search, which is a scan of your organizational chart and employee profiles to see which individuals are least or most likely to be desirable by an outside firm. Oh, that's that's. I disagree with that approach. Of course, you have to rely on their ethics not to actually post your desirable people after they've identified them. But if you work with them regularly, that's not a problem. Ah, I'll be interested. Isn't that nice? So he said. So this guy goes ahead and says, "I believe that the use of dry searches is an insecure, unethical act that infringes upon personal freedom." Yeah, I, I would I, I would agree with him. Um, I mean, this no, is let, me, let me be clear. I, I, wait, wait, before you go anywhere with that. Okay. I was I was based by several people who were fans and proponents of this man because they were saying that in America people should have the right to be able to do or go wherever they want, and people are not slaves. Employees are not slaves. They were said. Okay. Right. Granted, but to me, isn't that like what you're doing? 
When you test so, them like that, you mean? Yeah, I mean it's like you're you're now taking treating your employees like cattle and servants, and then trying to make sure you can, you know, not try to treat them better. Let's go ahead and not to not try to keep them cool and cute and comfy and warm fuzzies. You're trying to hold on to them by their ethical manner manners. I'm sorry. I mean, don't give me hooey when all I'm saying is treat employees right, man. You know what? That's interesting. And I'd like to hear any comments from anybody listening to this blog post, uh, to this podcast, excuse me, uh, who have any um, opinion on this. I'd like to know about it. Now, just to succinctly um, recapture what, what Karen is saying, uh, she was quoting Dr. Sullivan's um, strategy of randomly calling, or not randomly calling, but targeting specific individuals and seeing if you, you could recruit them out of your own company. Just so not, you, you know, not, not really that you're going to recruit them out of there, but basically see where they're at and, and who is Ah, uh, to see if they're vulnerable to be recruited. And from. actually to see who is being targeted, too. Also okay, thanks for correcting me. Targeted. I don't, want, I don't yeah. want to misquote anybody or, or something. Yeah, the main thing is to find out who's being targeted, what's being targeted, using recruiters, and find out what vulnerable spots are. Okay, but what, is, what did you say about once you say using this technique and you find out that two people on your management team? He doesn't mention that. I don't know what he would do with the bad apples. I guess he might be do this for the whole bunch. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I look at this. I don't even respond to this. I don't even want to respond. I mean, I look at this whole thing and I go, wow. You know, this, this is interesting. I, I would like to let me do this. What this. I want to know, by the way, there is another question I want to. Okay, hold on before you, before you before answer that. You before you answer answer the question, wait. Before you answer the question, let me let me throw this out there. Oh uh, my. In case in case um, <laughs> Dr. Sullivan is listening, listen. Wait. In case Dr. John Sullivan, sir, if you are listening, I welcome you to the lounge to discuss your views and opinions here in the lounge with Karen and myself, or just you and I, or just in general, because. Uh, this is very interesting. I uh, challenge you to come in with me, uh, Dr. Sullivan. Why are you going to go there? <laughs> I do challenge you. I challenge you to a nice little conversation, Dr. Sullivan, you and me and Jim. He'll be our mediator. Because there's a question I want to ask you, sir. I really would love to know this. This recent article that you have was teaching people on companies on how to prevent being recru- um, stalked or having your employees stolen. My question is, if I've got tons of money, Will you come to me and teach me how to recruit and make sure that I do really well at getting all my competition's employees? And then, by the way, and then if my competition has even more money, do you go across the street and then teach them on what all the tactics you've taught me to make sure that I don't get their employees? I'm just curious. Is that how it works? My question. And on that note, I think it's a good part to skip place to pause the podcast at this moment here. Um You're not gonna put that in there, are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think that'll stay in. Okay, you'll, good. You'll find out when it when it posts on <laughs> <laughs> And since the audience is listening and if anyone out there does know Dr. John Sullivan I, again, uh Karen's challenge notwithstanding I I would like to welcome him as a guest to express his views and comments uh on this particular article or just something in general. because um, I if anyone's ever discussed here in the lounge, I would like to give them the opportunity to, to rebut and uh, rebuke or whatever the correct uh, phraseology is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an open door invitation to you, Mr. Sullivan, and I and, um, hope you take us up on it. So, um, any other any other business? Yes. No, I think this is controversial enough today. Okay, yes. But you know what? One, one non-controversial thing that I do want to say to all recruiters. Yes, sir. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. 
Oh, yes, definitely, Happy Thanksgiving. Everybody. Gobble, gobble. Eat your food up. Spend I time. I want to get fat. I want to make sure I get fat. Get fat? I want to get fat. You, you you need you need some more red beans and rice on you anyway. I know. You're I really thin. love turkey. You're oh, my thin. gosh. Well, then. I cannot wait to eat turkey. Christmas and turkey. They're the two. Tur- turkey Day and Christmas, two of my favorite days. I just love to eat Christmas food, and I Do love you? Thanksgiving. Mm? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, any other shout-outs you want to give to anyone? No. No? No, everybody, everybody is so cool, and I really wish everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I wish you guys have a really good time with family and friends. And be Aww. safe. Karen expressing her kinder, gentler side Aww. here in the Chris Lounge. I do have one, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> as my, people right. As for myself, please, please drop us an email. Drop me an email. If you have anything to say, good, positive, or indifferent, I can reach that Jim Stroud, S-G-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D, at jimstroud.com. Uh, you can also check out my blog at jimstroud.com slash blog. It's G-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash B-L-O-G for blog. And um, I think that's enough for now. So until <laughs> next time, um, Cheerio. I'm Jim Stroud and you're not. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or <laughs> just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud and you're not. Radio, radio, radio Innovative audio on demand. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay? Cool. Until next time, bye-bye. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So, come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.